Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the SNSW Podcast, it's the SNSW NFL Prediction Show as we look around the NFL and try to predict the records and reputations of the teams in the National Football League. On this episode, we'll look at the NFC as Michael Marcangelo, Dave Clark, and Rob Kelly try not to kill each other. This is the SNSW Podcast, but it's all relative. Welcome to episode 5 of the SNSW Podcast. I am Craig Delisander, executive producer of the SNSW Network. If this is your first time finding us, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. The SNSW Podcast is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in our description box below, as well as our WordPress and Buzzsprout pages. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you generally get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. And also be sure to follow us on social media. All of our links will be in the show notes. On this episode, it's the SNSW Prediction Show, as we predict the records and reputations of teams around the NFL. On this episode, we'll be focusing on the NFC and take us into this topic. Our host for this episode is Joe Malkin. Thanks, Craig. Hey, guys. How are we doing? I'm great. I'm so good. Dear baby, how can you not be good? Let's go. I, I think it might be our second be, uh, favorite topic after the NBA, but tonight we're talking to NFL. Uh, and the NFL starts this week, and that's uh, pretty exciting to me on Thursday night with the uh, Chiefs and Texans playing. And we got a, a fun little show for you guys uh, this week as we talk about the NFL and we predict every team's record in the league. Um, and Mr. Dave Clark, who's here, uh, gave us the rules, and I'm going to read them for you. So the rules are simple. We've been split into two teams. Mike, Dave, Bob, you're on the NFC team. You get to tell us why every team in the NFC, uh, like the Cowboys and the Bears, are going to finish 4-12. and 12. And each group will get 12 minutes to submit their agreed-upon best guess. And that's kind of the fun part, which I, I really like, Dave, is that we all have to agree. We get basically 12 minutes to agree on – um, four teams records in each division. Then uh, the other group will get two minutes to respond to our predictions. Tell us why we're awesome or why we suck. 
And uh, each group will get a point for every correct record that we predict within two games. So if we say that the Pats will win 10 games, they win eight. That's a point and so on and so forth. And at the end of the uh, conference, we submit three wildcard picks that if we're correct on, we get two bonus points. And the final tally uh, will be at the end of the season and we'll tell you who won and who has to do something slightly embarrassing. Um, I just made that up right now. So get ready guys. So, we, we're going to start with the NFC with Dave, Mike, and uh, Bob, and they're going to tell us why the NFC East is going to finish the way it is, and I am going to start the timer. You guys have 12 minutes. Uh, tell me why the Cowboys are going to finish fourth in the division. Okay, so here's what I think our strategy should be. I think I'm just going to give you guys a record, and you tell me if it's stupid, it's totally off base, or if it's just like it completely accurate, we can just move on because we only have 12 minutes to talk about each team. So we've established our strategy. Everybody cool? Yeah, I'm with that. All right. I'm with it. So we're gonna, I'm going to start with you, Bobby. I think the Cowboys are going seven and nine. I think that they were mediocre last year. AF. I think that uh, Dak is on a contract year, granted, but I think that he hasn't really proven anything. I think they're, they didn't really make any big improvements in the offseason, and I think they're going to slide one more game because – people are going to start to get worried. I think it might be a little bit of an up and down thing. They might win three games out of their first four, but I think it's just going to be up and down, up and down. What do you have to say to that? I couldn't disagree more. And I think that's probably the most obvious thing that we're going to hear on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But I have some legit reasons for why though. Now you say they didn't make any big additions except for the fact that the clapper is no longer in Dallas. Okay. If that's not worth two to three wins, I don't know what is. We've had the most mediocre, awful coach for the last eight to nine years that has wasted great talent in the, on this team. And now we finally have a new regime. We have Mike McCarthy as our head coach. We have Mike Nolan as our defensive coordinator. We have one of the best special team coordinators in the league. That, to me, is worth at least two wins off of last year, which puts them worst case to me 10 and six to go a little further off of that as well. Nobody has to learn a new game plan though. The whole team has to learn a new game plan. I'm with you there. So how often do they just go? Do you, do you add three to four wins in a season where you have to like change your entire look? No, but we've seen before when a coach is stale, when he doesn't have it anymore. And when it's time for him to go, the mere fact of having just a new voice in that building changes everything we've seen it so many times bobby valentine in boston we've seen it with give me me a record give me a record what do you think i'm gonna go in between my best case worst case i'm gonna go 12 and 4 that is that is absolutely fucking ridiculous if you think that the cowboys are gonna go 12 (laughs) and 4 are you out no no no, it's my turn it's my turn don't say anything Uh, so i do think that mike mccarthy is at least two wins better than the clapper right that puts them at 10 and 6 dak isn't isn't is in a contract year he has a lot to prove and he has a top three running back out there to hand the ball off to and and to pitch the ball off to are they going to be 12 are they going to be elite No, they will never be elite with Dak Prescott as their quarterback, but they will finish this year 10 and six. Okay. So if he says 12 and four, you say 10 and six, I say seven and nine. I think we have to go 10 and six for the Cowboys. Cause 10 and six six for the Cowboys. I think seven and nine is ass nine. I think 12 and four is equally as ass nine. Can I make one more 11 and five? Okay. So the coach is worth two. Wait, just so the coach is worth two wins. (laughs) 
Just wait. Hang on. So the coaches were. You can't eat. We only have 12 minutes. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. eat the whole so, thing so at, with Cowboys stuff. Of, as the host of this segment, we're right. going to go with 10 and 6. They've, add, God damn, they've added Alden Smith, Don Terry Poe, Stefan Diggs' brother, and Everson Griffin to the defense, and it's still. Stefan Diggs' brother. <laughs> Tom Brady's cousin has been seen hanging out near the practice field. They're going to be better this year. Bro, he's so. I'm telling you, it's more than 10 and 6. I will settle for 10 and 6. Okay, well, it's, well, it's within two wins. So, like, you could still be right. It could be 12. It could be 12 wins, and we'd still yeah. do good. I've heard, I've heard your argument, Bobby, and I appreciate it. I respect it, so we're going to go with 10 and 6. Now for the uh, – <laughs> all right, so Wait, what do you think the next best team to move on to is? Because we need to give the best – the next team that we're going to talk about the most. So I think Eagles. probably the Eagles. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you have it? Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. About the Eagles. All right, so, so moving forward with the NFC East, we're, we're going to go next to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to say that they're going to go 9 and 7, and I think that they're going to go 9 and 7 because I don't think Carson Wentz can play a full season. He has not been able to yet. And they have proven that no matter who their backup is, although it has been Nick Foles so far, that they can still make a run in the playoffs and still get there. Carson Wentz was playing an all-caliber year in 2017. If we can get 12 games out of that from him this year, they will go 9-7. and 9-7 is my pick. I think 9-7 and seven is best-case scenario for that team. And I'll tell you a couple reasons why. A, first thing, like you said, Carson Wentz is made of just straight glass. If that man goes down, Without a quality backup behind him, they have a rookie quarterback now behind him. It could get ugly over there very quick. And the reason for that is because they have by far the worst wide receiver court in the NFL. Alshon Jeffrey is old, over the hill, always hurt. Deshaun, he's an anti-Semite. Greg Greg Ward is actually a quarterback by trade. All right. And not only that, but their number one draft pick, the guy that was supposed to save this wide receiver core, is already out for two to four weeks. I think they go seven and nine. I, 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 could, I see the validity of both your points. I think the thing that I would be definitely worried about with the Eagles is Carson Wentz because he's yet to record a playoff victory in his life. So I just, even if he does take you in there, like, wh- is he going to be able to do anything? If he takes you to a wild card game, is he going to be able to, like, stay healthy for that wild card game? And then, like, you know, miracles happen to get him Super Bowl. Like, no, I totally agree with you. Seven and nine is harsh in a division where you get to play the Washington football team twice. And I think that, I think that, I, I also had my initial prediction at nine and seven, but I'm happy to split the difference at eight and eight if we're if we want to hedge that way. But I also had nine and seven, so yeah, I'm not I'm not going to uh, lose any sleep or split any hair over the uh, over the Eagles. We are we have them. We'll say at eight and eight. That's halfway through our segment so far. So the next team that we're going to go to is the New York Football Giants. I'm going to tell you right now. I think that they're, that they're going to finish six and ten. I think a lot of their wins will be because of Daniel Jones. He's put on. 15 pounds in the offseason of pure effing muscle. But 10 of their losses will be because of him because I don't think he has a good handle on that offense. I think they're going to be asking a lot of Saquon Barkley, who, as you saw last year, can get hurt. And when that, do- when that does happen, that team falls apart. They're going to need Golden Tate. They're going to need their wide receivers core to, st- uh, to stand up for them. But they also need the ball delivered to them. 6-10 and 10 for the Giants. GK, go. Uh, I, like I said... Washington football team, yeah, they play them twice, but they also have to play the Eagles and the Cowboys twice, who are both better teams than the New York Giants. Like, yes, they have Daniel Jones now, but I don't think that answers any of their divisional problems. I think that it's one of the most boring teams to like to possibly ever watch. Like, they just have no flair, like no firepower, like nothing exciting happens with the New York football Giants in years. And I just, I honestly, my, from the heart, number is three and 13. All right. 
except for the fact that it's a completely new regime in New York as well. So it may not have happened in the past, but everything is completely different now. Rookie quarterback, rookie or third-year running back now, maybe the best running back in the league, and a rookie head coach, um, the wide receiver coach from the Patriots. I don't even remember his name right now. Not worth it. Right. But I, I, I'm in the middle of you guys, too. Um, I'm going to go... Hello. Hey, I'm going to go five and 11. Um, actually, you know what? No, I'm going eight and eight. I'm going to change this up, up a you little bit. Stop it. You are out of your mind. <laughs> so the reason is because I think, like I said, I think the Eagles and the Giants right now are two teams going in complete opposite directions. Um, so I think the reason I'm giving them two is because I think they're going to end up sweeping the Eagles uh, and they're going to go to eight and eight because of Daniel Jones and Zaquan Barkley in that offense. So we have three and thirteen, eight and eight, and six and ten. Should we just split the difference and just say five and eleven? No okay. good. That works. Bob, all right, five I gotta, t- I gotta, because I gotta tell you, there, there is an interesting take I have with the Washington Football Team, and the fact that I think that they are going to win one game this season. All right. I well, why, why, why don't you why don't you just take us right uh, right there? The Washington Football Team is next, and DK Sizzle, Dave Clark has a hot take. Talking about new regimes, Bobby, again, the Washington football team really needs one in his front office, but has one in a head coach in Ron Rivera that I think has kind of proven his mediocrity. Like I already, you know, I think he can take you to a certain place, but he's building so much from the ground up over in Washington and they can't stop tripping over their own feet, even in the off season, you know, they can't even get the basics right. Like some guy embarrassed them in the off season by copywriting all their potential names. So, so they'd have to, which is genius on that guy's part, but like you, how many minds do you have in that front office that got duped by some dude in like Georgia? What? Well, go ahead, Bobby. Funny enough for that one is he actually did that like two years ago. So he, <laughs> the Redskins years now, that's how far I hope he lives in. I hope he lives in Vegas because the guy can gamble. That's just a great prediction. Amazing. And I think. So your record is one in 15. Those are going to go one in 15. Yes. Uh, I, I'm I'm only giving him one more than that. I'm going two and fourteen. I have Oof, I thought I thought it was going to be a, a saucy take. Everybody thinks they suck. I have written in my notes here. The only thing positive coming out of Washington this season are COVID tests and the Alex Smith comeback. So and on that on that note, I have the I have the Washington football team at five and eleven this year. I do think if Alex Smith plays, let's say ten games. He's capable of winning five of them. He's proven that he can he can kind of make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? And I do think that they have uh, they don't have a great team, but I they're they're not one in fifteen. I, I just can't believe that. So I'm going to say that that the that the Washington football team is at five and eleven. So we have two and fourteen, one and fifteen, five eleven for me. I feel like the right thing to do would be say three and thirteen, but I am so confident in my take. I really want to say five and eleven. Can I give you the karma reason why they're not? Sure. Because they had a running back this season go down for the reasons he went down. And then yesterday, they just caught the best running back in NFL history with no one behind him on the depth chart. To me, that just... So now Adrian Peterson is the best running back in NFL history. That's, that's what we're going with? One of the best running backs in NFL history. All right. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, karma's not with them. There's so many different things about this team that just screen negativity and stay away from me. I, I, even if they even if they miraculously got a winning record this year, it wouldn't be a feel good story. Nobody'd be like, "Oh, I'm so glad the Washington football team like really pulled it around, really decided to show us all like what they're made of." It's like everyone's still gonna hate them. 
I'm with that. I think we go as low as possible just out of spite for this team right now. I'm, yeah, com- but- I'm so confident in my one win that like the two win cushion that we give up is I still think we should just go one and 15. Just like to be like, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> You I'm know a- what? I, I think I think the Alex Smith story it outweighs the, all the negatives that were happening in Washington. As the host, I have the ability to make the decision, but I won't. I will split the difference <laughs> and say three and thirteen for the Washington Reds or for the Washington Football Team. Whoops! You all guys right. finished with twenty seconds to spare. That's right. And I, I I know that that should give us two minutes and twenty seconds. But I kept track of not only the records in that, but the fact that Mike dropped the fact that he's the host of the segment twice during that, uh, and the fact uh, <laughs> three that the, three times, and the fact that Bob thinks that them cutting a 34-year-old Adrian Peterson is a bad decision. Let, let, uh, let's just quickly go into the fact that while wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt, he said that Adrian Peterson was the best running back in NFL history. <laughs> Our time's <laughs> over. Our time's over. Sorry. So... Um, Craig and Rayshon, I'm going to tell you guys I don't disagree with any of those records. I think you guys are spot on. I have a hard time disagreeing with any of that. I think that's yeah, pretty spot on. That's a pretty easy division to predict if we're going to predict that one first. I know, seriously. Rayshon? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did an NFC least for a reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, pre- I pretty much share the same sentiment. Um, I mean, I do think Ron Rivera is a pretty decent leader, but when you're in Washington, everyone goes to, to shit over there. So um, they, they suck, so. Next, yeah, it, it's where it's where uh, players and uh, I can't say that because uh, hopefully Ron Rivera gets gets through his uh, cancer bout. But uh, yeah, so Cowboys ten and six, Eagles eight and eight, Giants five and eleven, football team three and thirteen. That rubs up the NFC East, and now we go to the all important NFC North with Dave's Bears and uh, Mitch Trubisky, the most non quarterback quarterback in the NFL. Go ahead, guys. Twelve minutes starts. No. DK, like, hear, hear, hear me out. Hear me out, guys. Guys, hear me out. Okay. <laughs> Just let me paint you a picture of the quarterback competition that has been raging in the city of Chicago. Okay. Nick. We got uh, a guy that everybody doubts. Nobody thinks he can do it. Mitch Trubitsky. He's the butt of every joke. And then they bring in Nick Foles, a Super Bowl champion. The reason why they won the Super Bowl. A guy with a nickname that any dude would be jealous to have and a guy with an attitude that makes you think his nickname is true. And he comes walking in to that, to that practice squad, to that camp, and Mitch Trubitsky has the, 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 the guts to go up against him, the arm – stop shaking your head, Mike. I'm not done. The arm to compete with him. And he wins the quarterback competition. That is why Mitch is starting. He has won the quarterback competition. He beat Nick Foles out. If if Jared Stidham was starting week one for the Patriots, you'd be like, in Bill we trust. He knows. He knows what's up. He knows who, who the best guy is. It is what it is. You can't do that with Mitch Trubitsky because he's the butt of every joke, and I get it. But he did have a good season. He has technically made it to the Pro Bowl. And... I think his trouble was learning the playbook because I think he's a little stupid. Read that's it. not to say – it's a complicated playbook. Matt Nagy's playbook is complicated. Okay, that's all I'll say. I, I really do think that we're going we're gonna to have an 11-5 and five record this year. I know he doesn't believe what he just said. Did anyone just hear how high his voice went at the end of that right there? That's okay. earnest. I'm earnestly pleading for you guys to see what I see so we can win this game. 
So you must be doing some, re- I mean, I'm, okay, you know what? 11 and five, fine. I get it. Hometown. I really understand it. Here's the reason why uh, Mitch Trubisky is a starter. They paid Nick Foles too much. He got there. He didn't, he didn't need to win it. He already got his money. I will tell you, I do think that the Bears have a chance to go eight and eight this year, but that's only a big dick Nick gets, it gets on the field within six games if they go oh and eight or oh and seven or one six with, with Trubisky you're talking about you're talking about the defense that was the best defense in the NFL two seasons ago and their personnel hasn't changed eight so and eight that's where I'm gonna go based off of that I feel you're eight and eight Mike I I I think 11 and five is a little high I'm gonna split the difference and go 10 and six um because of the fact of that defense exactly that they have Khalil Mack they have Akeem Hicks Rokon Smith Kyle Fuller all guys who were top three three or four in Fuller their- opted out oh forward oh that's right he did opt out um goddamn COVID uh but then uh they also added Robert Quinn former Cowboy great to that defense as well um and i think that that adds another element to that defense i'll split it i'm going 10 and 6 so basically what i've heard is 11 and 5 10 and 6 i said 8 and 8 so i will be gracious and say 9 and 7 is our record for the chicago bears does that sound fair we could we could we could have really pulled ahead on that one i'm disappointed but fine yeah next team this is my sneaky prediction i think that the detroit lions are going to win this division and finish 10 and six. The reason why I think this is going to happen is because obviously as long as Matthew Stafford stays healthy, they have a new defense and not, not just any defense. They, the, Matt Patricia bought into the Patriot way and brought in Shelton Collins and Harmon into, into that defense to solidify it. Defense does win championships. In this case, it will win the division. The Detroit lions, I promise you will finish 10 and six. Like, you know that we're doing a sports podcast that people actually listen to. We right. want people to think we know what we're talking about when we come in and start talking sports. Yep. How on earth could you predict a, a winning record for a Matt Patricia team? You. Never mind. Never mind the, and I get it, hometown guy. You know, he was there with Bill. Like, I totally get it. You know, I totally understand it. But he's, he's so bad. He's such a bad coach. And he's in Detroit, which is exactly where he should be because you're not expected to win in Detroit. You're not. You're expected to give the Bears a good game and give the Packers a good game, but still roll over and take your medicine. The Detroit Lions are going to go 3-13. and 3-13 and 13 this year. And by the way, they're going to have zero divisional wins. They're going to lose all eight of their divisional games, just so you know. So, do you. Um, I, did, I did me. All, all six. All six. You definitely did, Mike. But <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, I'm with DK on this one. I don't see the Lions with the only upside on the Lions right now is DeAndre Swift, um, who is my favorite rookie running back. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't know if I've told you yet before. Only a few times. I think that's why Mike padded their record because I think he has them on a fantasy team too. So he's like... Not only do I think the Lions aren't going to be good, but I'm calling Matt Patricia as the first coach fired in this season. And I think it by week 10. Week 10, wow, you're giving him a long rope. Yeah, I, I, I see them go. They're going to drop the first three. It'll get hot, and then they'll win one or two here, and they'll be like, all right, he's fine, but then they're going to drop four in a row. They'll be like two and seven-ish, depending on their bye week, two and eight by week 10. 
he's 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 Rex Ryan 2020. He's a yeah, he, perennial underachiever, and uh, he's not good at coaching football. Yeah, he's out by the end of the season. Just to be clear, Rex Ryan went to the playoffs two years in a row. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and use my executive <laughs> powers this time. That way we have oh, content. You God. can never have too much of that later <laughs> in the year. And I'm going to say that the Lions will finish nine and seven this year. That is that that is our agreed upon record. Thank you so much. Our records are going to look so ridiculous now yeah. because. The yeah. Vikings, the Vikings and the Packers are going to have ba- right around the same record as the Bears and the Lions. It's not. That's not possible. I think this is the toughest division in football this year. I think that we should go. Next I agree to the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, I, I don't. I just don't. I don't agree that Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback at all i think that he's proven that he will make a big mistake under pressure i also think that dalvin cook is just one hit away from being uh, injured and then and then what and then what so my my guess is the minnesota vikings at eight and eight okay i i okay i can't disagree with everything you just said about the vikings because that's that's most of what i was thinking when i was making this pick the only thing is though is that defense is loaded. We always say defense wins championships. Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, um, Yannick Ngakwe just got from the Jaguars. That defense is killer. It, I don't think it, you're saying the Lions are going to go 9-7 and seven when you think the Vikings with that defense, In my opinion, the, the- Adam Thielen are going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, That just seems crazy to me. Vikings, I have them winning the division at 12 and 4. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm on drugs. Just 12 to be clear, and 4. That, that defense lost uh, Everson Griffin. I'll give right? you why. Okay, everyone hates on Kirk Cousins. Everyone says he's terrible. Because he sucks. That's Do- why. Doesn't. <laughs> does not suck. He is a very solid NFL quarterback and a team with a good defense. He can actually take them places. And we saw it last year. It came down to the home, cut playoff time. Clutch situation in New Orleans, last second, who threw the fucking ball to the corner of the end zone perfectly to get that win? Kirk Cousins. He beat the Saints in the wild card round. Who caught that ball? Four. 12 and four. Yeah, that's great. Okay, good, DK. I, I, had him at, I had him at six and 10. I think they were overrated last year. I think they were better last year than they are this year. I think Kirk Cousins is a fraud, obviously. And I think that um, their defense is super overrated by guys that, overrate them like by naming literally the only four good guys on their defense like yeah they have names but that's flash you know what i mean it's like they always they're like oh we we bend but we don't break it's like really i just watched you give up 28 points a game so like i don't i don't agree personally the vikings give up 28 points a game okay well that might have been a touch of hyperbole but like i always you know i always spot them a few because i hate them but i yeah. yeah, I had six and ten. I, I don't see that. I think that they're so lame, and I think Kirk Cousins is like the embodiment of that franchise right now because there's just nothing exciting about them and six and ten. Gross. So we got 12 and four, eight and eight, six and ten. I feel like the right thing to do here would be to split the difference. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and just say eight and eight. Also, it was my pick. So we're, we're going to say <laughs> pick uh, for the Vikings at, at, at eight and eight. Now, I'm going to change up the things that I, that, I, that I sent you in the pre show. Apologize for it. Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, this is the year where you really see him collapse only because he's going to be asked to not be as much of Aaron Rodgers as he was before. He's going to be told to hand off the ball more. I think that you're going to see a big, big disagreement between the coach and the quarterback. Again? I also, I also don't think that they have a lot of elite talent on offense. I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't think they, that they do. I'm going to say that the Green Bay Packers will finish this year at 6-10. and 10. 
Uh, I I had eight and eight for the Packers. I think that it's up and down again for them. I think that Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think this is the year we're going to be looking at Aaron Rodgers just start to flounder. That being said, I've been saying that about Aaron Rodgers for about four years now, and it might be wishful thinking on my part because he might be still like a top four quarterback and I might just be completely out of my mind. But I think that their running backs are like good on paper guys. And I don't actually think they're going to make like a ton of uh, scoring plays for them this year. I don't think they have a lot of size in that department. And I think that they're going to end up falling back on Rogers arm by like halfway through the season. And that's why I think it's going to be like an eight and eight thing. I think they are going to try and protect him. Like you said, Mike, but, and like try to work him less and try to like whatever it, but it sounds to me like you, you think he's going to get into an argument with another coach. So you just think Aaron Rodgers is an asshole then. Well, I, I just think that unless the game goes the, exactly the way that he wants it to, where he just gets to roll out and throw it wherever he wants to, then he's going to be so upset. You think, he's a pre, you think he's a prima donna? Yes. Okay, fair enough. I'm happy to have that be I – don't, I don't know if I thought that before right now, but I'm happy to have that be true about him because I hate him. But go ahead, Bobby. I definitely don't think that's true. And I think the foot – yes, he was pissed when they dropped the Jordan Love. Anyone would be. You're the starting quarterback, and they draft a quarterback in the first round instead of a wide receiver. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. You see him in practice and the training <clears throat> in training camp. He's sitting there teaching uh, Jordan Love exactly how to throw those screen passes, exactly where to put that ball on those outs. He's not a prima donna. He's actually doing good with the kid. Um, also, to go off the Aaron, uh, to go off the running back point, Aaron Jones had 16 touchdowns last year. So the man does make scoring plays. Also, they added BC great AJ Dillon to the mix, who has bigger thighs than Saquon. I had him at 10 and six. So we have six and ten, ten and six, and DK. What was your pick? Eight and eight. Feels eight and eight. You know, everyone what? in the NFL is going eight and eight. You know what? <laughs> I might make I, I might make an executive decision here and go with the Packers. Will finish six and ten. That is that, that is going to be our, our our record to submit. We're going to live and die by DK Sword. How many seconds uh, to spare right. again? And I have two points that I want to jump in on here. Um, is that Nick Foles is not an uncompetitive human being. And to say there's something else going on there. You don't sign a contract as Nick Foles. Like he's never treated it like that anywhere. He never treated it like that in Philadelphia. I don't see him treating it like that in Chicago. Matt Patricia is also not going to be the first coach fired in season. And I'll get to that when we get to the AFC. Craig and Rayshon. I actually disagree with you, Joe. I think Matt Patricia will be the first fi- coach fired. I think this uh, Lions team will be that bad. Also, as, as for the rest of them, you know, the only reason the Vikings didn't win that division last year is because they lost twice to the Packers. I think the Vikings are actually going to look pretty good this year. That's 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 just me, though. Thank you, Who cares? Listen, um, Mike, I, I I love you, man. I, I really do. Um, <laughs> But to to real to really with a straight face claim that Detroit's gonna go ten to six, let alone win the division. Um, you spoke about Bobby being asinine, bro. You just went asinine times ten. Let's 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 just make that clear. Um, this is still Aaron Rodgers' division. Come, come on, listen. I disagree with you on that. I think the Vikings are winning in, this division. Well, that, that's cool, and you you can like that, Joe. But I I like Aaron Rodgers. I'm riding with Aaron Rodgers. Um, to me, when he's on, he's still the best quarterback in the division, and he's still a top five quarterback. In in my opinion, the team just went twelve and four last year. Like you're telling me they're gonna drop off by six wins? 
Now, I think there's going to be an issue what's going on with Jonah Love, and I felt he was he was pissed off about that, but that may work in his favor. Where he says, well, you know what? Watch this. I'm going to show you why his ass is going to sit on the sideline, and I'm going to dominate this division like I've done since I've been here in 2005, well, when he started in 2008. So, like, Aaron Rodgers is still the cream of the crop in the NFC North. Um, I think the Vikings finished second, but uh, Green Bay wins that division. All right, I have to I have to shut up and host and say that we need to move on to the NFC South <laughs> because I I disagree with Rayshon on so many things there, but I also disagree with Mike. So I'm just going to be Switzerland and tell you that you guys have uh, 12 minutes to tell us why the Saints, Falcons, uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's, and Carolina Panthers will have the seasons that they will. Ready, set. Yeah, so I'm not going to waste any time here. Let's just start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I have them at 12 and four. I think that the reason that they that they do go 12 and four is that they're going to lose a couple of games early. I think it takes a long time, especially with no preseason games, to build up that chemistry. But I also think that there's too many talented individuals on that team, let alone that offense. That defense was a top five NFL defense last year. Now you have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Lashawn McCoy. Leonard Fournette, along with the other array of talent that they have on offense, 12-4 and four for the Bucks. <clears throat> Go ahead, Bobby. So for the Bucks, for me, I, I go 10-6, and six, and I'll tell you why. Um, how many years in a row have we seen the team that won the offseason not be as good as advertised? All right, last year with the Browns. There was the year with the Eagles where they signed every single free agent. It's, it's, it's a trend that when a team wins the offseason, they don't win the season. It's just a fact. Um, I expect a good, not amazing season from Tom Brady. I see them at 10 and 6, enough to make the playoffs. Tom's not coming home with 7 anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any evidence to support this. and I know that we try to do that, but I just have a gut feeling, so I'm going to explain it to you guys. I think that the Bucks have all the hallmarks of that team. We've seen the Falcons be it like a couple years in a row. You know, that team that like just like pumps themselves up in the, in the regular season and they win like a shitload of games and all the people that can't really see that they've got big holes are going like, Oh yeah. Like they have the best record. So they must be like the team that's going to go far. I think I know we're not doing playoffs yet, but I think they're going to lose in their first playoff game. But I also think that they're going to go 14 and two. Yeah, so like I mean, I guess like what holes do they have, DK? Like just name name two. Their quarterback, their their quarterback is forty three years old and the great and the greatest of all time. Go ahead, Bobby. No, he is he is the greatest of all time, absolutely one hundred percent. But they also have running backs that haven't proven themselves in this league. They have a coach who, although has shown that he can succeed and put up high scoring offenses, he hasn't shown that he can succeed which. Did- Championships and real, actual, meaningful games. Yeah, but we're not we're not talking about championships right now. We're talking about the, their overall regular season record. You just said the Bruce Arians, who took that Indian, uh, Indianapolis team to to an eleven five record, has not proven himself, and that Lashawn McCoy and Leonard Fournette are not proven running backs in this league. Why did Fournette get cut though? Like, why? Like, why? You know what I mean? It's like that's suspicious because, because he's probably a prima donna, just like Aaron Rodgers. Okay, well then that's a prima donna on your team. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at you're looking at a situation where you have all the talent in the world. This is why I think this. I've decided this now. I, I knew I had a gut feeling for a reason. You have all the talent in the world, and that'll shine like we're you know like a Kyrie Irving Celtics team that'll shine through. But mentality wise, once you get in the playoffs, 
you got to be like all there. Like you got to have team spirit and they're going to play the saints twice this year. And the saints both times are going to show them what a unified and like very well led and like well-practiced team looks like. So they'll go and they'll beat up on shittier teams in the NFC. But when they play the saints, they're going to get punched in the mouth twice. I guarantee it. Like I absolutely guarantee it. Drew Brees is going to be, his eyes are going to be on fire. It's his division. It's that whole narrative. I'm just going to say, like you said, ten. Uh, Bobby said ten and six. You said fourteen and two. We'll just stick with twelve and four. That, that's that, that's what I say. The Bucks will go twelve okay. and four this okay. year. The Saints are, are the next team in the league are in this division that we're, that we're going to discuss. I think that the Saints will go eleven and five. Just one fall one game back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think if Drew Brees is able to stay healthy this year and get production out of Emmanuel Sanders, this offense will be scary. I just don't know about that. I don't know about that division. And I do think this is the year uh, that this is the year where you do see Drew Brees' uh, age catch up with him because he relies on the long ball. Tom Brady doesn't. The deep ball is part of Drew Brees' game. And, is not, and if he cannot make those throws, he's going to be in deep trouble. The Saints will be 11-5. and five. I think I feel like that's that's a little unfair, Andrew. I feel like you're saying that this is the season that any quarterback like over the age of 35 is going to explode, and it's just like not. I just don't know if that's fair. Besides Tom Brady, f- Mike's getting- uh, besides Tom Brady, I guess I feel like Drew Brees has actually always had to play with his brain, and when you have a player like that in any sport, you you kind of get a couple more years of longevity out of him because he's so little. He's always had to be really smart the way like where he throws the ball. Like he doesn't have kind of natural size advantages over other quarterbacks, so. And he's, yeah, I mean, relies on the long ball, but like, you know, the guy completes so many passes, you know what I mean? Like he moves the ball so quickly and like he sets the tone for that whole division. You know, every team has to be built to beat Drew Brees and, and the New Orleans Saints. Is the, are the Buccaneers like, was it, we just got to go get Tom Brady because we can, or was it like, we need to figure out how to, how to beat the Saints twice this year. And I don't think that they have figured that out. I actually agree with you on 11 of five, because I don't think, I think Drew's going to take a little bit to get going after last year. But and I think that maybe there's a couple games where it's like, ooh, I tweaked this. What's going on here? Which always happens like in a year like this. But yeah, I think eleven and five too. Actually, I fully agree with you. I, I think you're being a little unfair to Drew Brees, but I think they will still lose five games. I think it's twelve and four. Um, I see them winning the NFC South, and it is because of Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Those two have the best chemistry between a head coach and a quarterback in the NFL right now, um, along with maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL right now who's also on my fantasy team. Um, I, I think their defense makes plays, um, can get the ball back for Drew when it matters most. We've seen it before. I think the Saints go 12-4 and four, uh, and win that division. So we're just 11 of two, two 11 and five. So you got to yeah, say 11 yeah, and five. We're, right? we're, we're, we're going to go 11 and five here for the saints. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, next, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Next up in the, in the division is going to be the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I think that they are mediocre at best and I will weigh towards their best. I will say that they will go eight and eight. I think that the difference maker on this team this year is Todd Gurley. If he can be the Todd Gurley of two to three years ago, this team has a chance to be really, really fucking good because then Matt Ryan does not need to throw the ball 50 times a game. He can actually hand off to a guy uh, that, that can that can finish the job for him. But if this is the Todd Gurley of last year, this thing could free fall quickly, and we could be looking at a 5-11 and 11 team. Uh, they, I'm going to say 8-8, eight and eight, but that is the best record I think they could be this year. Yeah, Mike, I completely agree with you there where Todd Gurley is absolutely the X factor in this offense. We've seen it with Dan Quinn's team before when they have a legitimate running back to back up that passing offense, they're legit to the point where they were up. I don't know if you guys remember 28 to three in a Super Bowl before. I don't know 
you guys remember that game at all. I don't know. No. Uh, I'm going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I see Dan Quinn also possibly as another coach uh, out before the end of the season. He was already on the hot seat coming into this year. I don't see anything changing unless Gurley steps it up. Um, I, I say 8-8, eight and eight, and, and they're right on course with Matt Ryan, the most mediocre and average quarterback in the NFL. Oh, that's so unfair. On I thought you were a BC guy, so unfair on Matty Ice. But he does love losing in championship situations, though. It's like one of his favorite things to do, which is very unfortunate. Because I don't know if you remember his last game for BC, but he did the exact same thing. I do. Um, it was that's how I knew with that in that Patriots Super Bowl. Anyway, sorry, never mind. So back to back on course. I'm already outvoted on the Falcons, so I think you're, we're just going to go with that record. But I will say this about them: um, there's no way Todd Gurley like comes back as two years ago Todd Gurley like he blew his knee out like in essentially the way that people blow their knee out in movies like how I thought you blew your knee out because I watched like the jersey on Disney Channel like I thought that's what like blowing your knee out was so but then it turns out like they can actually fix like 99.9 percent of the injuries and you're like 100% fine like Adrian Peterson came back from an ACL tear in like eight seconds and like and like and then like Tom Gurley's like, oh, blew my knee out. And then it's like, oh, I think he has like arthritis. I heard that at some point. <laughs> it was like the weirdest saga of like, is Tom Gurley like gonna play in the Super Bowl that year? It was just like, what is happening? Go ahead, Bobby. More important than the Carolina Panthers, who are next. We just had our first Disney Channel the Jersey reference ever on the Sunday night sports rap. It won't be the last. And that's worth mentioning because that was probably the best show ever on TV. So we so are good, all but- we are all in agreement. Panthers eight and eight. Yeah. Great. Falcons. Next team. No, Falcons. Oh, Falcons. Sorry, A&A. sorry. Falcons 8-8. Eight eight. I got a little ahead of myself. The next team that we're going to talk, talk about is Carolina Panthers. I'm going to say that, that they're going to go 6-10. and 10. Here's the reason. If Bridgewater can increase his downfield accuracy, then maybe they have a shot to be a sneaky, good wild card team. But I think that most teams are going to try and suffocate uh, Bridgewater. Sorry, if Bridgewater can improve his downfield accuracy. But most defenses will try and suffocate McCaffrey, which will force Bridgewater to use other options. No Greg Olson. The binky's gone. I think Bridgewater is a good story. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. They're going to be 6-10. and 10. I feel like Matt, he's got like Matt Castle disease, right? Because he like played really well coming in as a backup. And then like it's like, oh, is he good? Is he good? It's like, no, nah, he's just been reading the playbook for, you know, however long so it's like he knows the plays he can run them, but now he's in a new offense and it's his offense and he's got to prove it he kind of reminds me i don't know if you guys remember chad pennington but he kind of plays like chad pennington where he's like he's like wicked accurate over like 3.6 yards of a throw but if you ask him to throw like six to six to 12 yards it's like no telling where it's gonna go you know and like i remember i watched pennington like complete like 80 passes in a row one game but they were all for like 2.6 yards and i completely don't know if those numbers are accurate but yeah, I feel like Bridgewater's not the real deal. They are going to rely on McCaffrey. He's going to get just bumped and beat up for the entire season. He'll put up numbers. Like, if you have him on your fantasy team, don't worry. Like, he'll still score all their touchdowns. But, like, yeah, no. I think uh, – what would what, you say, Mike, the, the Panthers' records? You six said six wins? Six wins sounds good. I'd go with six wins for the Panthers. Yeah, that would be – it might be high. I feel like that might be high for the Panthers. But I would, I would take six. Yeah, I think it's a little high. I have them at 4-12. and 12. Um, This is a complete rebuild. There is absolutely nothing left from that original Carolina Panthers team. Everyone is gone. Even the star-studded linebacker, Luke Keekley, another BC great. Um, I'm 4-12. and 12. It, Matt Rule is going to be a good coach. I really do believe that. But this is not the year for that. Uh, I think 6 is too much. I think it's 4-12. and 12. Call it five, Mike. Five is fine. Yeah, I'll say five and 11 feels like the right thing to do here. So we have the Panthers at five and 11 this year. Okay, cool. 
Wow, a minute and five. I thought we were going to go over with uh, that Buccaneer talk at the beginning, but I just want to – you guys are hilarious um, where Bobby makes the comment about Peterson and then Mike completely turns it around and uses it with Brady after giving Bobby shit about using it for Peterson. That's literally cool. literally said the same thing. Thanks. So and then and then Bobby with Boston College. I mean, first of all, every guy from Boston College is the greatest and then it comes to Matty Ice and you're like this guy sucks. He's so, terrible. The reason for that, I know we're not supposed to talk right now, but I feel like I have to back that up is because of the Virginia Tech game where yeah, that yeah, and that game after he won that Virginia Tech game that was such a letdown to me that I will never forgive him for that he's 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 toast to me and he always has been so I personally agree and I I like Matt Rule as well I think that he's gonna have a tough time coming from Baylor uh, from the Big 12 and then coming into this division with such a tough team because the Falcons at 8 and 8 and the Panthers at 5 and 11 I, I don't know if the Panthers will win a conference game um, and if they do, they're going to have to squeak one out against the Falcons. But Craig and Ray, go ahead. We got about a minute. I just have, yeah, I just have, you know, Bobby took the words right out of my mouth because this Patriots team, uh, no, I'm sorry, this, uh, this Buccaneers team this year, just, wow. I know, right? Just reminds me so much of that goddamn 2011 Fal- uh, Eagles team. Mm-hmm. Because they came in, dominated the offseason because they could spend the money because they were just coming off a of CBA. Uh, they could spend as much money as they want. They loaded up Nomni Asawa at uh, cornerback and all those other players, and then they just stunk. They just that this this team just has that stink of them this year. And sure, they added they added all those weapons in this offseason. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, OJ Howard, uh, LaShawn McCoy, and Leonard Fournette. Great. Only three of those guys were good last year. Yeah, and one's going to be done before the fifth week of the season because there's no way Gronkowski gets through this entire season. And I, I agree with Dave that they will not win in the playoffs. And everybody has them winning the Super Bowl. Uh, not going to happen. Ray, go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I, I do think that Tampa does win the division. I do think they lose probably like in a divisional round, um, you know, in my, in, in my uh, observation. But uh, as far as Carolina, like I, I agree with Carolina's uh, record. I mean, I, I don't think Matt Rule was going to do that well personally. Um, but to me, they already messed up by not drafting Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, right? So when they had when they had the chance to draft him and they didn't draft him, it's like this would have been the great heir apparent to um, to Luke Kuechly. So the fact that they didn't draft him, that they drafted a defensive tackle from uh, from Auburn instead, who was a good player last year. But I mean, Isaiah Simmons was was a beast. So yeah, um, Tampa, Tampa Bay should win win this division. Um, I no longer trust Drew Brees. Um, you know, yes, he we're puts- disagreeing a lot here because I didn't mention it, and I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I actually think the Saints are going to win the division, and the Buccaneers are going to be a wild card team. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I mean, either way, they, either way, both teams will make the playoffs. So we Absolutely, but I just, I think with Drew Brees, um, I mean, how many chances can you get? I mean, the guy has been to the playoffs. Um, they had a few eight and eight years as well uh, down there in New Orleans, so. Um, you know, they say who that going to beat those Saints, but it seems like everyone's beating those Saints. So um, it's just a matter of uh, is he actually going to get it done? Once again, he has the talent there, but somehow, some way, um, they, they either get screwed or they screw themselves. So, All right, and on to the last division in the NFC, uh, the NFC West, where we have – this is an interesting division to me, so I'll let you guys take it. The Seahawks, Cardinals, um, Rams – 
And why am I blanking on the fourth team? Niners. Niners. That, oh, that the best one. No, all right. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. 12 minutes starts now. All right, I'm going to go ahead and just lead this off here. I think that, that the Seattle Seahawks will win this division, will be probably the number one or number two seed in the NFC. I had the Seahawks at 12-4. and four. I think that the you know because the offensive line has been secured, they will need to give Russell uh, enough time to make the throws to his wide receivers and to Greg Olson, who will come in handy for them in the red zone. Seattle is at their best when they, when they do the ground and pound, along with the tough defense. I think losing Clowney kind of sucks for them, but I think this is the year that Wilson cements himself as a top three NFL QB, maybe even wins the MVP. The uh, Seahawks will be 12 and four. I completely disagree with that. Um, I think the Seahawks are maybe the most overrated team in the NFL right now. Um, what they do and what they have done for years is they rely on Russell Wilson. You say they secured the offensive line. Why wouldn't you? I <laughs> just rely on your best player. Just go like why everybody does that. You need to rely on him, but you got to protect him and, and actually give him something that he can actually work with there. I mean, I know he has, so he has Lockett and Metcalf. I and honestly, I think that they're one of the best wide receiver duos in the league now. Um, I just don't see it for years. This team has been average, even though having one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you guys hate on the Cowboys so much, how they can't do anything in the playoffs. Guess what? These guys lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs, all right? They are a mediocre football team at best who have nothing short of Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. I see them at 9-7, and and that is strictly due to Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson goes down, God forbid, this team goes 3-13, and 4-12. They literally have nothing outside of him. Nothing. I sort of actually agree with a couple of things you said. I think you put, I'm glad you put some respect on my namesake with uh, DK Metcalf though. I love that guy. Cause you know, we share, uh, we share made up initials, but I think that, yeah, I think that, um, I think you're being a little unfair to the Seahawks. And I think that Mike might be puffing up a little bit, but you can't really in the same sentence be like, they don't have anything outside of Russell Wilson. Also DK Metcalf is good. <laughs> it's like that doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It's like they either do or they don't. But it's fine. I too and Jamal totally Adams. And Jamal Adams. But I was also thinking uh I was thinking I was gonna lean Mike, but then you reminded me that they lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs, which is mm-hmm. bad. And then we're but we're also not talking about the playoffs, and I think that the whole uh crowd thing was like made up for them. I don't really think that that was like oh, oh people are coming in scared and like the decibel levels like a few years ago is like yeah, whatever. But uh yeah, I think Russell Wilson is really good. I've always thought he was better than it seems most people think that he is, and I think that he does have weapons. Like we've been talking about his weapons, and I think that Craig, uh, Greg Olson, former Bear, uh, is perfect for that system. And I, I'm leaning like twelve and four with the Seahawks. I, I, and even if they were ten and six, I'd still think they'd win that division. To be honest with you, but before you make your executive decision, Mike. Let's just remember the Legion of Boom is a very long time ago. That defense is no longer good. Yes, they have Jamal Adams. They just acquired him. But did that make the Jets defense good? No. You have Jamal Adams with... with that's not fair. The Jets are where people go to, to, to die. That's, he, not a ter- that's a terrible right. comparison. Battle's defense right now, besides Jamal Adams, jumps off the page at you. Absolutely nothing. Bruce Irving. Nothing. Bruce Irving? Bruce Irving, yep. Yeah, I mean he's 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 all right. He's not amazing though. Jerron Reed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So the executive decision has been made. It's twelve <laughs> and four for the Seattle Seahawks. Next, we're going to go to 
<laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. I'm posting all my posts after this. No, you're on our team. You're on our team. This is, these, these are your official predictions for the season. I feel like I should have been on Craig and Joe's team. They seem to be agreeing with me. You're trying to jump. We're in the last division. We've almost made it to the end, and you're trying to jump ship. <laughs> Nobody's even played a game yet. Jesus Christ. I just want to say for just five seconds, I, I am going to strongly disagree with you in my two minutes, Bobby. <laughs> okay. That's, that's how I know that I'm right. So now the San Francisco 49ers are going to go 9-7. and seven. I think Jimmy G is it's a good quarterback. I think I think that the Super Bowl the Super Bowl hangover is real. I think losing uh, Goodwin and Sanders will make it harder for him to get the ball downfield. He'll have to focus more on 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 Kittles, and that's not going to be good for anybody. Nine and seven for the Forty Nine ers. Bobby, go ahead. Uh, I disagree. I think the Forty Nine ers. What uh, else is new? You don't even want to be on this team. Right. You don't even go to the school. It's <laughs> supposed to. I'm just saying what I'm thinking. Um, listen. I think that this team is real. I Not only do they have probably the best running game besides the Ravens in the league, but they also found another big piece of that running game in the playoffs and Raheem Mostert. They added another piece to that running game that was already second. I, actually, I think they were first in the league last year. Um, they got Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and then I think – one of the more underrated wide receiver corps in the league. I think Debo Samuel is an absolute stud and a playmaker. Plus, you, you, no one even mentioned uh, Kittle coming over the middle. All right. Oh, my God. He's rhyming now. Dude, I just did. The, the, the 49ers, a defensive whoa, 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 team. Hold, hold on. Before you do that, what's their record, Bobby? 13-3. Oh, my God. You know what? You should go on the other team. Yeah. We don't want you. They were 13 <laughs> Three last year. All right, Jimmy G's another year old. They got they got, they gave up twenty one points in a quarter in the Super Bowl, Bobby. They're all gonna be so upset all year. Mahomes this doesn't some, matter. That's not how players think. Team that played the forty nine or every team that played the Chiefs in the playoffs last year gave up twenty one points to Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. So no, that's not that's just an in, untrue statement. That happened like two times and both to both terrible teams I'm, in the playoffs. Terrible teams. Yes, yes. That's this is gonna be the new Raptors because the 49ers stink. We're gonna go. T- <laughs> that's what we're gonna do? All right. The 49ers fucking stink. <laughs> do not. That team is going to go 13 and three. Um, at worst, at absolute worst, that team is 11 and five. Uh, Doesn't and- Richard Sherman still play there? Yeah, and he was a stud. He's going to cry for the entire season about that. Are you kidding me? Have you ever heard him speak? I actually, I don't even want to gang up on Richard Sherman because I actually think that he upsides to his personality that we didn't initially see. DK pick for the 49ers. S- seven and nine. That's out of spite right there. I was going to say nine and seven, but then you made me mad. They stink. <laughs> All right, so, so why don't we just split the difference and, and just call them 10 and six? Is that, is that, is that fair? Fair. Okay. I don't know where their 10 wins are coming from. That's just that's outrageous. Me neither. I'm just being magnanimous. I'm now, embarrassed. Next, embarrassed for those 10 teams. The next one, Sorry, go ahead. The next team is the, is the Arizona Cardinals, and I think that this is – I think they're going to be a sneaky good team. I think um, the best wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins will just help Murray in, in his sophomore campaign. I also think that Drake is running back is really good. I think Fitzgerald, Kirk – you know what? I, I like this offense. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Cardinals will be 10 and 6. Dude, I think that Fitzgerald should be in like the N1 
league at this point if there was one for football. He's like a million years old. I think that's a, such a crazy thing. It's Kyler Murray's sophomore season. He's due for a slump, especially a player like him. I think that he's coming in. People kind of know what he's about now. There's game tape on him. It's just it has all the red flags, all the hallmarks of a slump offensively for him. He's not going to be able to move the same way. Like they're going to trap him. They're going to spy him. He's, it's going it's, it's to be so predictable and obvious, 6 and 10. I'm with Mike on this one. Uh, I, wow. I know. Betrayed. This is like a Shakespearean. <laughs> um, I see the Cardinals as the surprise team in the NFL this year, actually. I think they're going to be that team no one sees coming. I see the Cardinals uh, with the new toy, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think Kyler showed last year why they had to give up Rosen and go up and draft him and give up on the pre-regime's plan, I guess. Um and then now, after last year, you add the best wide receiver in the NFL to the team, or maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe nowhere but up with the Cardinals right now. Um, I, I see eleven and five for the Cardinals. You know what I actually didn't think of is that they get to play the 49ers twice, so that's going to pad their record a little bit. So you actually, I'll go with you guys. Yeah. All right. So Cardinals ten and six. The last team in this division is the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to make mine really, really quick. Jared Goff is one of the, if not the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Jay Cutler was a better quarterback than Jared Goff ever will be. <laughs> I, and, and I think that the, the Rams will finish 4-12 and 12 this year. DK, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I agree. I do think Jay Cutler was a better quarterback than Jared Goff ever will be. I also agree that he's overrated and... I think that they have like a minor rebuilding situation on their hands um, that people are like quietly not noticing about them. I think that they've kind of slowly lost pieces that brought them through to where they needed to be um, championship wise. And then like the second Todd Gurley wasn't in the team, they got completely found out in the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Um, They handled him. Like I was trying to, I was kind of making the point about Gurley earlier, how weird the injury was and they handled him so well, so poorly that I just feel like that's, that's got like that's just bad juju for me. You know, it's like it's it's bad front office care. It's bad anytime in any sport where you get like, why aren't the medical staff good? You know, like why didn't you? Hi-? You know, it's just like you didn't you don't hire good people. You're not run well over there. Like there's just organizations that are run well and, and organizations that aren't. Like uh, Ryan Pace is my GM, so like trust me. Um, but yeah, I think eight and eight for the Rams. Best case scenario for the first time in this entire thing. I agree with both of you. Um, <laughs> we said different things. No, but you both said the Rams are overrated, that they're not going to do anything this year. And I, I agree with you. It is completely just because of Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is bad. I don't think he's average. I don't think he's, you know, anywhere close to a quarterback that you can win with in this NFL. Um, I, I think as soon as you took Gurley out, like you guys said, he got exposed. Not only that, but as soon as the league saw how Belichick handled McVay's offense, it was a wrap. It was over. Uh, that entire and not only that, the way that he straight up s Bills D right on the fifty yard line before that <laughs> me just was the end of the Sean McVay war. I'm just happy to be here, guys. I'm just happy yeah. to be here. Well, I respect you. So <laughs> in the Super Bowl, what the hell are you doing? And uh, that was when Bill knew he had him. Is it? But um, I, I like you said, I don't think he has Groy to lean on. Um, the prototype for NFL success two two years ago will now be in the NFL and the NFC basement in 2020. I see them at 6 and 10. All right, so 6 and 10 is where we will put the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Go ahead, Joe. 
I'm going to let Rayshon take the lead on this one because I, I have a lot to say, and I feel like Ray might too. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of disrespect for the San Francisco. <laughs> um, yes, they were up 10, um, and eight, I'm losing the Super Bowl. But um, since Jimmy G's been there in 2017, they've done nothing but win when he's been on the field. Um, when he's not on the field, they're, they're, you know, they, then you could say they're pretty trash because they are. That's a fact. Um, the ball's not going to be in his hands for him to either win or lose the game, in my opinion. So that's what's going to help them still be successful. Um, I think they, you know, they drafted a lineman to help out the offensive line in the first round. So San Francisco is going to be fine. Um, that being said, I have Seattle winning this division. Um, Russell Wilson, when he's on, is also a top five quarterback. And I think that yes, they lost to Dallas. I mean, that's that's never a good thing. But um, I feel like when he's on, like I said, he's, he's a top five guy. And I think they have another Super Bowl run in them. I'm not saying it will be this year, but I think they have another run in them. So um, with the progression of DK, Metcalf, uh, let's say getting Jamal Adams was huge. Listen, the, the Jets, that's like, what he did there was irrelevant, but he, he was a good player there. Um, so they get another Pro Bowl guy in the secondary. Um, I believe that he's going to do well. and. I just think, like I said, you know, that, that division usually shifts back and forth. Um, and to say, to speak to Mike's point earlier, the NFC North is not the most competitive division. It's actually the NFC West, if you ask me, especially now with someone like Kyler Murray coming in there, being someone that had a good rookie season. And I don't see him having a sophomore slump. Like, he could, he throws really well. He can run. So whether they have a spy, two spies, I spy, you spy, we all spy, whatever, it doesn't matter. I think that he'll have a good season. Um, so, but like I said, I got Seattle winning it. So go ahead, Joe. Uh, Craig, go ahead. I actually defer my time to you because I know you're just going to go about to go off. Yeah, I am because the 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 Seahawks are absolutely going to win the, the West. And Bobby, I mean, you sit there and you're like, well, they don't they don't have any weapons. Well, Chris Carson is pretty good in the backfield. Tevin Coleman is now there. They do have an old Greg Olson, but that you're just adding a veteran onto a veteran offense. Um, their defense has always been a good defense and no matter what you say about Russell Wilson or say about his head coach, Pete Carroll, um, since 2011, the Seahawks have gone, or sorry, since 2012, 11 and five, 13 and three, 12 and four, 10 and six, 10, five and one, nine and seven, 10 and six, 11 and five. There's no way they don't go 12 and four with the way they've bolstered that team and just their, their track record. It, it breach speak to going, any worse than that. Uh, the 49ers, also, all of you are giving them so much disrespect. They're 11-5, and five, but they finished second in the division, and they get the wild card. Shanahan is a plus as a coach, and the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the galloping chicken, is going to be a good NFL quarterback is because he learned how to be a game manager under Bill Belichick, and he's learning how to be a quarterback under Kyle Shanahan. That, that 49ers team to me, and this might be the hot take of the, of the NFC side of things is like chiefs light. That that's that to me, that's what they are. And for, um, to Dave's point about Richard Sherman crying, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, is one of the most intelligent players in the NFL. And I just think he's very emotional and I don't think, uh, in 2020 you should make fun of him for crying. And that's all. I, oh, and the last thing I have to say, uh, the Rams, the best thing for the Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, is that Dan Snyder is still an NFL owner. 
Yeah, that, that, that's correct. So just kind of give a little bit of a rundown here. For the NFC East division winner, we have the Dallas Cowboys at 10 and 6. Uh, and then for the NFC North, again, executive decision. We're going to put a little asterisk on this. I'm going to pick the Detroit Lions at 9 and 7. Oh, to, to I think that's going to – they just lost us this game. So, <laughs> to, to, win that, to win that division, we also have the Bucks at 12 and 4 in the NFC South. And in the NFC West, I believe we came to a pretty uh, general consensus minus Bobby that the Seahawks are going to win that division at 12 and 4. Now for the three wildcard teams, I will let DK start. Um, so I think, despite my objections, our first wildcard pick is – the 49ers right we're putting them through to definitely be i think it's in that division i think it's the saints okay the fine well i thought they were gonna win the division but fine we'll say saints uh yeah okay fine we'll say saints is our first wild card pick at, at what, what do we say the saints we're gonna finish at 11 and 5 11 and 5 yeah okay we'll say the saints for our first official two-point bonus wild card pick um who did we put through who else do we put through as wild card i think that i i think the next logical decision is is either the Cardinals or the 49ers. Um, so the, the, I mean, we have them both at the same record. I think now, I think we should probably lean more towards Bobby here and say that the 49ers are talented. They will make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, my pick would be the 49ers at 10 and six. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with 49ers. Okay. And the final pick, uh, our final wild card submission, I, I I think we have to go ahead and and, and just say Bears? that it w- it will be a nine and seven Bears team that makes that the the, the wild yes. card. We can't, but we picked the Cardinals at eleven and five. Yeah, but they're in the same oh, division. Though. You can still have as the Forty Niners. You can still have two wild cards from the same division. Yeah, I don't know how it works with three. Yeah, but, but I think I, I I think that we have to pick the Cardinals because they have a better record. Because we we can't do a consensus of ten and six. Yeah, but you picked the Detroit Lions to win that division. We have to try and get some points it's back in the NFC happen. North. It's going to happen, dude. You just, you just fucking wait. It's going to happen. You will thank me at the end of the season. It's not all right. You're tying when, our when chances to the train teams, tracks right now. When three teams from the NFC West make the playoffs. You feel like we have – all right. So that kind of throws everything off when it comes to the playoff picks, though. Because the Lions winning that division automatically takes out teams. I mean, I had the Packers <sighs> – I, th- I thought that um, that division was going to get three teams into the playoffs. Vikings, Bears, Packers. So, so you think Bears for the third wild card pick then? All the, right, that, there it is. The Bears at, yes. nine, at, at, at nine and seven. So and, happy to see that game. Thanks, guys. So, Thanks for so the just, just to clarify it too, I mean, w- w- with the two-game cushion, that's very possible where the Niners could finish nine and seven or 11 and five, but the Bears could also finish 11 and five and get the wild card. Yeah. So – or they could both finish ten and finish ten and six. So, so that, we have the that Saints, still makes sense. Uh, the Saints, the Bears, and the 49ers in at the uh, for the, for our three wild cards. Now for those, that, that's points, it for us then. Card or just make the playoffs. And that'll wrap up episode five of the SNSW podcast. I'm Craig Delisandro, executive producer of the SNSW Network. Tune into episode six to hear the AFC predictions with Joe Malkin, Ray Sean Buchanan, and myself, Craig Delisandro. If this is your first time finding us, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. The SNSW Podcast is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with the New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as our WordPress and Buzzsprout pages. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you generally get your podcasts. 
Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. And be sure to follow us on social media. All of our links will be in the show notes. For the SNSW crew, I'm Craig D'Alessandro. Thanks for listening. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric acid.